Sunday blessings to all of you. This is the Lord's Day, the day of resurrection, that commences a new week and offers a new opportunity to be drawn by grace more deeply into the Paschal mystery of Jesus Christ. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, may each of us graciously respond to Jesus' invitation to live more deeply his passion, death, and glorious resurrection and ascension, and be drawn into loving communion with God our Father. You are listening to Encountering Jesus with the Church Fathers, a podcast pondering patristic commentary and insight on the sacred scriptures, the sacred liturgy, and living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Father Mark, and I welcome you to this podcast on the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Guiding us this Sunday in opening the Word of God is St. Basil the Great, a gifted pastor, equally gifted theologian and administrator. We listen to an excerpt this week from his magisterial work, On the Holy Spirit, wherein he comments on this Sunday's proclamation from St. Paul's second letter to St. Timothy. It is unexpected, but no less true, that the Spirit is often called the place of those being made holy And this figure of speech will be shown not to belittle the Spirit, but rather to glorify Him. For the Word of God often transfers the bodily meanings of words to spiritual thoughts for the sake of vividness. We have observed the psalmist saying even about God, Be my protector, God and the secure place of my salvation. And about the Holy Spirit, Scripture says, Behold, the place near me, and stand on the rock. What else does it mean by place, but contemplation in the Spirit, in which Moses was and was able to see spiritually? God made manifest to him. This is the proper place for true worship. Take care, Scripture says, that you may not bring your burnt offerings in every place, but in the place which the Lord your God chooses. What sort of thing is a spiritual burnt offering? It is a sacrifice of praise. In what sort of place do we offer this? In the Holy Spirit. Where have we learned this? From the Lord, when he said, True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. When he saw this place, Jacob said, The Lord is in this place. So the Spirit 
is truly the place of the saints, and the saint is the proper place for the Holy Spirit, as he himself offers for an indwelling with God and is called a temple of God. For Paul says in Christ, in the presence of God, we speak in Christ. And Christ speaks in Paul, as Paul himself says, Do you seek proof that the one speaking in me is Christ? Thus also, Paul speaks the mysteries in the Spirit, and the Spirit again speaks in him. Therefore, the Spirit is said to exist in creatures in such a varied and manifold way, but he is not said to exist in the Father and the Son. Rather, it is more orthodox to say that he exists with them. For the grace of him who dwells in the worthy and who works in them what belongs to him is properly said to exist in those who receive him. But the contemplation of this pre-temporal existence and of his unceasing abiding with the Father and the Son demands expressions of eternal union. So, exist with is truly and properly said of those who inseparably exist with each other. We say that heat exists in iron, and that is on fire, but that it exists with fire itself. And we say that health exists in the body, but that life exists with the soul. And so, where the communion is proper, naturally united, and inseparable, with is the more meaningful word, since it suggests the thought of inseparable communion. But where the grace of the Spirit naturally is added and taken away again, exists in, properly and truly spoken, even if by chance his grace remains lastingly in those who receive it on account of their steady disposition toward the good. So when we think about the proper dignity of the Spirit, we consider him with the Father and the Son. But we ponder the grace that works in those who share it. We say that the Spirit exists in us. The doxology that we offer in the Spirit does not confess the dignity of the Spirit, but rather confesses our weakness. We thus indicate that we are not sufficient to glorify God from ourselves. Rather, our sufficiency is in the Holy Spirit, in whom we are empowered to give thanks to our God 
for the kindness done to us. We, once more or less than another, partake of the help of the Spirit, according to the measure of our purification from evil, in order to offer sacrifices of praise to God. In one sense, then, we thus, in an orthodox way, offer thanks in the Spirit. And yet it is no light thing for someone to testify about himself. The Spirit of God is in me, and being made wise by his grace, I offer glory. The expression suits Paul. For even I seem to have the Spirit of God. Again, guard the good deposit by the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And it is said about Daniel that the Holy Spirit of God is in him. If someone is similar to these men in virtue, then the same thing is said about them. There is a second sense, however, of in the Spirit that is not able to be set aside. Just as the Father is seen in the Son, so the Son is seen in the Spirit. Therefore, worship in the Spirit suggests that the activity of our thought is like light, as you may learn from the words spoken to the Samaritan woman. Wrongly thinking, because of the custom of her country, that worship is in a place. Our Lord corrected her and said that worship must be in spirit and truth. Meaning, of course, that he himself is the truth. So then, just as we speak of worship in the Son as worship in the image of God the Father, so also we speak of worship in the Spirit as worship in Him who manifests the divinity of the Lord. Therefore, in worship, the Holy Spirit is inseparable from the Father and the Son. For if you are outside of Him, you will not worship at all, while if you are in Him, you will in no way separate Him from God, at least no more than you will remove light from the objects of sight. For it is impossible to see the image of the invisible God except in the illumination of the Spirit, and it is impossible for him who fixes his eyes on the image to separate the light from the image. The cause of seeing must be seen together with the things seen. And so, first we behold the radiance of the glory of God through the illumination of the Spirit, and then we are led up through the character of him of whom he is the character 
and identical seal. St. Basil the Great, pray for us. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpass the merits and desires of those who entreat you, pour out your mercy upon us to pardon what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. <laughs>